Welcome to I Bet So Hard, technology and workflows that really work. The not so serious podcast for seriously busy veterinary teams brought to you by vet to pet Listen for quick, fun interviews with veterinary professionals who've retrieved and actually held on to their sanity, happiness, and success by learning a few new tricks and embracing efficient processes that actually work. I'm Dr. Stacey Santi. And I'm Dr. Caitlin DeWild. And this is I Bet So Hard. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Thanks for joining us on yet another episode of I Vet So Hard, the funnest podcast around in vet med. And of course, my name is Caitlin DeWild, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Dr. Stacy Santi. Hello, Stacy. Hello. I think that's so funny you said cool cats and kittens because that will never go out of style. I don't even care if it does, honestly. I'm going to keep saying it. But it's so fun. <laughs> I also have two pairs of cat shoes, so I'm just kind of into that scene. But I digress. Uh, let's talk about something our, our users, our users, our listeners are more excited about, which is some awesome and usable tips. Uh, today's topic is about changing. Things I will never change, my love of cats. Things I will change, how things work in practice. So... Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about our guest? Yes, uh, this y'all are in for a treat. I had a chance uh, earlier this year to sit down with Brenda Tassava. She is a, she's legend. one of those, what? She's a legend, really. She's a legend. She's one of these people that worked her way up from the trenches. You know, she started as a receptionist. She became a manager. Now she's a consultant. And I've known Brenda for quite a few years. And I think my favorite thing about her is she is real. She's the real deal. She understands practices. She understands people. And she brings just such a genuine approach to how she helps practices that she's one of my favorite people to hang out with. So when I had the opportunity to sit down with her and pick her brain, um, it was just a real treat. This was during COVID, like the height of COVID. So we were talking a lot about curbside care, but really it boils down to change management and how are you going to adapt and how are you going to make your practice um, be nimble and not get stuck in the way it's always been. Yeah, I think she's sharing a lot of really great tips about how we can work with teams that may be reluctant to come along with us on these new journeys. So I think those tips, just like cats choose, never go out of style. So let's dive in. Well, I was just in a practice last week, and they're probably one of my best embracers of change. It's Cabarrus Animal Hospital in Kannapolis, North Carolina. And, um, you know, they have done such a phenomenal job with curbside service. And this was actually my first visit to get to see them in person since COVID hit. And so, and I was a little worried because, you know, we had, we had worked on um, power blocks and the team approach to the exam room flow um, prior with my last visit and then COVID hit and they're like, we can't do this. And I'm like, okay, we're going to put it on the, on the back burner. And now we're working through electronic medical records and getting them up to speed again. And, but it was just amazing to see them with curbside because they are knocking it out of the park. 
But at the same time, there were like little things, you know, because I noticed the doctors went out like multiple times to the car to talk to. And I'm like, you guys thought about like FaceTiming them so that you could ask these little nuanced questions. And they're like, no, we really hadn't thought about it. But, you know, they're doing so many things like they wear headsets um, and this Motorola unit that I had recommended to them so that they could, you know, have better communication internally. And even the doctors wear it. So they're doing beautiful things there. And they created this huge um, virtual whiteboard for curbside service specifically. And it's like front and center in front of their pharmacy and everybody's using it. And everybody, you know, is like the pulse of the practice and what was happening on the exam room side. But it was like that little thing. They just, you know, hadn't thought about it. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I think that they're scheduled to take a look at your app because it has that, um, nice little back and forth chat or in video so that they could do that without using their phones necessarily. So I think that we're going to go in that direction with them. Awesome. How, how are they using the virtual headsets? Like what kind of things are they saying to each other? You know, I'm, um, I'm a doctor and I'm wearing it and you're a, a manager or a receptionist or a tech, like what are we saying through the headset? So they're communicating virtually everything like they're they're saying, oh, you know, the uh, so, well, it's not the room, but they're like parking space. Num- you know, Chloe's mom is in parking space number seven and she's ready to you know check out at this point in time or the doctors are communicating through it that, you know, we can go ahead and take Chloe out to out to mom's car because we finish things up. Um, so it's it's this way of communicating internally that has really helped them break down those walls between front and back and keep people like keep the front desk people at the front desk. Mm-hmm. So they're not like running all over the place while the phones are ringing off the hook, you know? So that's been a big blessing to them. And I, I, I saw it in use last week and I'm like, so how's that working? Because they have just been using it a little over a year. And she says, oh my gosh, we can't live without this thing. We're so glad we got it. Oh so they're given like little auditory uh system updates status updates for the prac like everyone can just you just listen and it's just like yeah. little bullet points of data coming through your ear it sounds right like. right and then they're responding so they have like a little microphone that's clipped right here but they have to push it to actually talk into it and and clients can't hear it so if they're in front of a client it's just in their ear you know that little earpiece and they're, they're able to turn it way down if they're talking to a client so it doesn't distract them, that type of thing. But it, it's really, really slick and really smooth. And I've got a couple of practices that use it. It's a, it's a Motorola and the unit is the CLP 1010. It's pretty, you know, it's, it's um, pretty affordable. Um, and, you know, they just have a unit for everybody on the practice team and they've labeled it and it just works really nice. Oh, I love it. Hashtag I bet so hard is brought to you by vet to pet. Hey guys, this is Stephanie Goss from the Uncharted podcast. And I wanted to take a quick second to share with you three of my top reasons for using vet to pet in my clinic. We've used them for years and I love the fact that it brought a lot of the client communication platforms that we had previously been using in separate individual services into one easy to use dashboard. 
My team goes one place and they manage so many different client communications. And I absolutely love making their jobs easier. And the clients absolutely love using vet to pet because they love being able to schedule appointments. They love being able to send us a picture when they're out of their pet's medication and know that we'll send them a push notification back as soon as their med's ready for pickup. So if you've not checked out vet to pet you should visit vettopet.com forward slash IVetSoHard and you'll get a free gift from the team at vet to pet when you demo the platform. I was talking to a practice manager today, actually, and we were talking about her curbside systems because we're going to use our curbside check-in feature for them and all the arrivals come into a digital queue. And so that part is great. It works seamless. It's like, what do you do, though, after they're here? And that's what I was asking. Her name is Devin. She's an amazing practice manager. And she said, I said, what do you do now? And she said, well, we've got to go find a tech that will take on the case. And, you know, it could be you're walking around looking for an available tech, which that's like a uh, a, a species that's extinct usually. (laughs) Or, (laughs) or Or you, in her system, they had like a place you just put the chart and the techs watch it to grab it. And you just start thinking about, okay, how can we fix that? And she even thought of the idea. She said, well, maybe instead of the receptionist assigning the curbside client to the tech, the tech should just grab it themselves and remove the receptionist from the whole process. I'm like, brilliant. Why not do it that way? Why does that person have to be involved at all if you're just a router over? Right. So she's already thinking about her workflow on that. No, that's, I mean, and and that's the thing. It's like, sometimes they just, you have to have like a little, a little bit of what ifs, you know, or, you know, it's, it's just, what do you think about this as opposed to that? And once you start posing those questions, I think it gets the wheels turning and it's like, well, let's just give it a try. And, you know, that's the other thing I, I, I let teams know is, Let's try it for a defined period of time. Let's let's get everybody on board with, okay, we're going to do it for three weeks without question, without fail. And at the end of that three weeks, let's come back together and talk about what worked and what didn't. Because if there are things that aren't working, we're certainly not going to keep this, you know, and beating it with a, you know, like against the wall. And, and it's like, no, we're just going to get frustrated. So, but let's try it solidly and then we'll tweak it from there. And if you can get everybody to commit to that, then you'll see a lot more, uh, uh, much better progress because, you know, you don't want a situation where some are holding back and being resistant to it either. So get everybody on board with a defined period of time so that they know, okay, I can give it a shot for that time. And then I'll get to say my piece and hopefully they'll be open-minded during that process. Oh, I love it so much. I started a thing um, where I call it, keep it or kill it. You have to give me like a certain period of time though to try it. And then you get to vote, keep it or kill it. Like I, if it, because the truth of the matter is if it works and it makes life better, people will want to keep it. Absolutely. Nobody wants to throw something away that's working beautifully. So, you know, you got to have an open spirit to try it. And then you got to ask the idea the person bringing the idea to the table, you got to be really, this is the hardest part is receiving the feedback. Oh yeah. 
Awesome. Well, thank you. That's perfect. You're welcome. Oh, isn't Brenda, she's a really great. I mean, did you like that, Caitlin? I really liked a lot of the things that she had to say. I've actually never had the pleasure of meeting Brenda. So now I, I feel what? like, I know, I know it's just not right, but I feel like uh, I just continue to respect the wisdom that she's putting out there. So hopefully our paths will cross at some point and I can tell her that this was a great episode. So uh, what was your top tip and takeaway from her? So my first one is I really like that she, when she wants to implement an idea, she doesn't make everybody just jump in the deep end. She's, she's found a strategy. Like if she's getting pushback, she'll say, all right, let's just let this group of people do it, work out the kinks and then let them teach the other people because there's something really motivating when a peer tells you to do something different than your boss. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's important that she is using the people that she knows will be open to it because the reality is, and this is not a knock on anyone's personality, but some people are more open to change and open to trying new things. And for some people that might be like professionally energizing and for others, it may have that opposite effect. So I think this is kind of the best of both worlds on that. Uh, But lots of good tips. My top takeaway Uh, was just that, was identifying those people, that it's important to realize that some people don't like to change. And it's not for a bad reason. It's not because they're old or tech savvy, challenge, check challenge, I guess. Um, But, you know, there's just some people that that are more um, willing to experiment and find joy or satisfaction with that. So I think that's important to notice and uh, of your team, And maybe ask those, you might be surprised uh, when you're talking to your team, who likes that kind of new change and who doesn't. So I thought that was a great tip. And and what if you are the leader and you don't like change that much? Because that can totally happen. You know, you might might be the kind of leader you relish and you just enjoy a steady eddy kind of state and no drama is your jam and you don't want to rock the boat. And this puts you in a particularly challenging position because here you're supposed to be keeping your business up to speed. So I say, if you are actually the leader and you don't like change, that's totally okay. But surround yourself with people that like change. So you can basically delegate to them. You go check this new piece of equipment out, or you go check out this new workflow for me and then come back and tell me once you've dialed it all in. I think there's a way to coexist, you know, as a symbiotic species (laughs) in this environment, but you do have to be aware of your strengths and weaknesses as a leader and then knowing your employees really well that way. Agreed. Agreed. What's your next takeaway? You know, I'm a big fan of the WIFM, the what's in it for me. I heard this phrase about 15 years ago and it's never left me. People always, always, always just gravitate towards what's in it for me. And I don't care how good a person you are or how, you know, generous you are. You still at the core always think what's in it for me. And you, you go right there. So when you're introducing an idea, you have to understand what's in it for every person that's on, like going to be participating in this new change. Otherwise, 
I promise you'll miss the mark. Yeah. And, and demonstrating that, right? Like, I know this person will really appreciate that the phone rings less, or I know this person will really appreciate there's fewer emails to send or, you know, whatever it is, like notice what it is that they're going to find appealing and point that out for sure. So, cause it's going to be different for almost everybody. So I think my next takeaway uh, was the virtual headset situation. I really like those. Um, not that any of us are like, Hey, you know, do you want fries with that and want to wear them? But the reality is I've worked at, big hospitals and little hospitals alike, there is always that divide and there is always between the front and the back. And there's always times when you, even if you just have your hands full, right. And you're in another room or, you know, you're just trying to be more efficient. Literally people, is there any reason you would not want to be more efficient and speed up all the things that have to happen in your day? If your answer is yes, that you want to be, to get out on time, then this is something worth considering, even though they maybe aren't so stylish. I don't know, maybe you could bedazzle them or something. But I do think that the the headsets, making that internal communication better is, is a big deal. And honestly, like that could be a whole nother podcast, right? Ways to make internal communication better. But I, I really like that she had a specific kind that she mentioned, tried out in multiple hospitals. I think this is a win. Well, in you could do variations of this. Not everyone has to have a headset. You could have a key point person and you could even have little pods or cells or teams where you're working with a, you know, it's a receptionist, exam room tech and doctor, I think, and a tech. Those are all, that's a really great setup. Um, I mean, the only reason you wouldn't try this is if you're really trying to get your steps in. Yeah, that's true. That is the downside. I do need to close my rings every day. So <laughs> think about how much you walk back and forth in that clinic. Like you got to well, leave the exam room to go grab something or you've got to, you know, dash over here to get this. It's ridiculous. It's true. And if you're me, you have to do it like 15 times extra because you forgot what you were going over there for. And you go back. <laughs> That's true. My fifth and favorite thing here is, you know, nobody's asking you to get married to the idea. You can do things for a a short period of time. So I think when we approach change in the practice, we think this is going to, we're going to flip a switch and this is the new way we're going to do it done. And it doesn't really need to be that way. And I might argue it shouldn't be that way. You need to do a test run on it. Like, let your people know we're going we're gonna to try this for X amount of time, and then you are going to help me decide if we keep it or kill it. This really starts to mitigate those negative Nancys on the team that are like really um, going to beat your idea down and not even give it a try. So, letting them know, like, Make notes, keep a list of the things you hate and the things you love, and then let's come together on such and such date, and we're going to have a discussion, and we're going to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a that's a easy thing that you could implement with literally any change you're considering right now. If someone says, no, I don't want to do that. Like, no way, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to try that. I think right then we can see... This is a this is a manifestation of a bigger problem with your team oh, member, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. 
So you can't expect people to uh, love to change, but we can definitely expect team members to give it a try. For sure. For sure. Cool. Well, so exciting. I mean, if you guys ever get a chance to listen to Brenda lecture, or if your practice needs help and you want specific help by Brenda and her team at Vet Support, check them out. It's vetsupport.com. She has a big wait list, as you can imagine, but she's got some other amazing people that work with her and they can come and help you. Uh, if I never knew resources like this really existed when I was running my practice. And I think how nice would it be to have someone that's really visited lots and lots of other practices and taken little gems and nuggets, come hang out with me at my practice and just give me an assessment. It's well worth whatever the investment is on that. hundred percent, hundred percent. Cool. All right. Well, everybody, thanks so much for joining us for this episode of I Vet So Hard, and we look forward to seeing you on the next round. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of I Vet So Hard. Don't forget to head over to IVetSoHard.com to download our top five takeaways from this episode. We'll see you right back here. Same time, same place next week. Until then, here's to putting your technology to work for your practice.